Um, so this is week 12, the final week of our God Says sermon series. I wasn't sure whether that was going to get like a whoop or a, you know, or an ah. Oh. Okay, a bit of, oh, I didn't realize someone was going to bark like a dog, but <laughs> that's okay, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, here we are at the very end of our God Says sermon series where we have been looking for 12 weeks at all of the different things that God says to us. So we've had God says, I love you, you're amazing, I'm with you in the rubbish, I'm with you in the adventure, I'm helping you to live well, to live out your purpose, heal some people, forgive, stay hopeful, show the world what I'm like. And then last week, John spoke really well on It Will Be Fun that the whole idea of this is that we're living our best lives. We're living life to the full, which is what he spoke from John um, chapter 10, verse 10. Living life to the full. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life that I want to live. I want to live the kind of life where I'm living it to the full. I'm, I want, that's the kind of life I want for you guys. That's the sort of life I want for my family, for everybody in Swindon. And, uh, and so I reckon that the kind of life that is lived to the full looks a bit like all of those other things, doesn't it? Um, it looks like being on an adventure, living well, living with purpose, telling people about Jesus. That is the kind of life that we want to live. And yet, when you add it all up, that feels like an awful lot to live up to. I, I just wonder... What your reflection is on all of those amazing things that we're called to do, whether you feel like those are things that you can easily do, or whether sometimes actually you don't feel like you're in a place to even deal with those, with those things. Well, I reckon that this week, love your father is the thing that provides us with the security that we need to do all of those other things. That knowing that we're loved by our Heavenly Father is the thing that can provide us with the security, the safety, the sense of, um, of being together enough to pursue all of the things that God has called us to do. If you don't hear anything else this evening from me, know this, your Heavenly Father loves you. He is crazy about you. And use that, suck it in deep into your soul and use it as the kind of thing that's going to help you to springboard into all that God has for you. So, I have been um, married since 2003. Round of applause for me and, and for my wife. Um, you know, when we started dating in, um, like, not, probably not that long after the year 2000, which seems like an awfully long time ago, um, you know, they didn't have any apps to find a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And there's nothing like that. And the only way that you could get to know somebody of the opposite gender was basically to bump into them a lot accidentally on purpose, which is exactly what I did. Um, I went and I, oh, funny seeing you here, Hannah. You know, all of that. Bumped into her an awful lot. And then I was I'm kind of mean and sarcastic to her <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Because that is, in those days, that, that is how you told people that you really liked them. And anyway, it worked, um, it worked quite successfully. I think, uh, actually, perhaps nothing's changed on that score. I don't know. Is that, what, is that what boys do, to tell girls that they really like them? Yeah. That's what, yeah. I can see it's really working, mate. How's your girlfriend? <laughs> um, 
I know, it's harsh, isn't it? So, so, so <laughs> what we used to do is, uh, my wife and I, she's my girlfriend at the time, we used to take uh, strolls down by the river. We'd go out for pizza or something. We'd take strolls down by the river, and we'd kind of, um, you know, uh, speak encouragements to each other. We'd be nice to each other and all that kind of thing until eventually one very special day. Or, um, I, th- I think uh, uh, we'd been for a walk. We were having a drink at a local pub, and, and I said, um, I love you. And she said, and Maisie is kind of uh, dying there. Uh, this is quite fun, I've got to be honest with you. Um, and she said, I love you too. And from that moment, it felt like something had changed in our relationship. And uh, so we, we were texting each other every evening because that's what we did anyway. I mean, I think I sent her like a thousand text messages a month or something. And that's when text messages cost 10p each, by the way. They weren't like free. Um, ten, ten, I sent her a thousand text messages. And I would text her um, each night when I got home. Um, and I texted her and I said this, this, um, this, this amazing sentence. Knowing that you love me makes me feel invincible. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? But that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please don't be sick, like, here. That would be really unpleasant. Um, I know it makes you feel a bit queasy these days, but, but the point is this, that, that I knew deep inside me that I was really loved by somebody, and that, that changed the way that I thought about the world. It enabled me to live in a way that I could take on the world, uh, knowing that I had that security of being loved by somebody. You know, that's what it's like for us. I want to say that you are a child of a perfectly loving God who is the perfect Father. And that if you can grasp that, you can be released to be everything that God is calling you to be. Released to be the person that you were really made to be. So we're going to read from um, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And it might come up on the screen behind me. Yes! It says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, quite often, um, we sing songs, don't we, on a Sunday, and, uh, and you would think, I don't know where that lyric comes from. Well, we, with, with a couple of our songs that we sing, we sing these exact words that were up on the screen behind me, but seem to have gone away. We sing about being a child of God, don't we? And it's so amazing to think that we are children of God. But, but sometimes when I'm singing these words, I feel like it's almost a bit presumptuous, it's, it's, it's almost a bit like I'm putting myself in a place that seems um, a bit high for me. But because I read it in the Bible, I can know deep down inside me that it is true. But it's not just, um, it's not just a job title. It's not just a description of our character and how we should behave. It's not a description of our gifts that we have. It's who we are. It's who we are. We are children of God. It's not like 
You're an earth mother or something like that. You are a child of God. You are God's son or daughter. You're in his family. Welcome to his family. You're an heir. You're, you're going to get an inheritance. You have got God the Father's unconditional love. But we know, don't we, that this position that we have, children of God, comes at a cost. In Galatians chapter 4, it says, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sonship. Jesus came as a man 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. He was born to a, a poor peasant woman, Mary. And he came to show us exactly what the love of God looks like. And when, when you think of Jesus and the way that he treated people, the way that he brought dignity to people who were on the edges of society, the way that he loved people, the way that he went after justice for people who didn't have a voice of their own, the way that he treated people was absolutely beautiful. That is what God is like. And, and Jesus says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That is the kind of love that God the Father has for you. You are really loved as a child of God. But we also know that Jesus came to die. That he came to this earth and he died so that we can have life. So when he came and he died, he did that because he put um, us before himself. That's the kind of loving father that God is. He puts other people before himself. You are a loved, loved, loved child of God. One of my friends is a primary school head teacher. He's, um, he's been doing this job four or five years, and in that time, he has um, transformed the school. It was failing its Ofsted and all that kind of stuff. It's now doing really, really great. And he's, he's such a great kind of role model within that school. Um, and, but I don't know whether you're on like school WhatsApp groups and all that kind of thing, or you're probably on WhatsApp groups that go like totally nuts. Sometimes WhatsApp groups go totally nuts, and that is exactly what happened in his school. In his school, in this last week, what happened is that two individual children from two separate year groups um, told their, um, their mates or whatever that, uh, that my friend was their dad. And, uh, and it kind of went a little bit viral around the school, a bit awkward. Uh, anyway, I think it really, it was just a bit of wishful thinking on behalf of these children. But the thing is that um, my friend doesn't actually have any children of his own, but he is an incredible father figure to all of those children in that school. And actually, he's really kind, and he's wise, and he's stable, and he's encouraging, and he's trustworthy, and he's brilliant with children, and he's releasing. I mean, is it any wonder that those children wanted to have a dad that was like that? And yet, God the Father is so much more than all of those things. He's those things too. But he loves us with a perfect love. It's not a chore or a tough job for him. He always forgives you. He looks on you with kindness. 
He delights in you. The Bible says he sings over you. I don't know whether you'd like that or not, but he does. He sings over you. And yes, you. Sometimes I think when we come to church, we can think that um, the people who've been here the longest, yeah, God really loves those guys. You know, the ones that know the, all the words, the ones that know the, the words to the Lord's Prayer. I, I want to say that if, you, if you're here for the first time today, then God loves you as much as he loves anybody else. He loves you as the perfect father. He loves you even if you know that you mess up all the time. He doesn't have favorites. It's not a chore for him. He loves you perfectly. And you know, that kind of love from that kind of father can transform your life. How you feel about the world and what you feel able to do. I don't know. Perhaps you've got a real idea of the kind of stuff that you would like to do with your life. And I wonder what it is that currently holds you back from cracking on with that. Is it um, fear, I think, in a lot of cases? It is in my case. Fear, fear of rejection, perhaps. Fear of failure. Fear of um, putting our finances on the line and coming off the worst for it. Fear of missing out. FOMO. When I was um, a, a teenager, I um, wanted to get a tattoo, but I actually, I really, really hate pain, so I fortunately never went through with it. But imagine if I, imagine if I had, and I had had love tattooed on um, one set of my knuckles, and then hate tra- tattooed on the other set of my knuckles. Uh, firstly, I'd probably look like a total idiot, um, but um, I now realize, having been looking at this and thinking about this, that actually I'd have had to get at least one of those tattoos taken off and changed because I think that, if you, that love isn't the opposite of hate. Love is the opposite of fear. That's what the Bible says. In 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Love and fear, they just... They don't go together. They're like oil and water. We want more love. We want to get rid of our fears. Those two things don't go together at all. We know in our lives, don't we, that, that, that when we feel totally loved, the fear goes. And today, tonight, the Father is offering you the love that you need to get rid of the fear, I believe, in your life. If you allow him to come, he would deal with the fear. So, my friend um, Stephen at school, um, he was, he was um, like a, a sponge for facts. He was a bit of a genius at facts. He always used to come into school each day and he'd tell us a fact of one sort. And then for, for, for quite a long time, we had this like running joke where he would tell me um, uh, a fact or he would tell us a, a fact um, which was completely impossible. Um, and then he would say, oh, but it's in America. And obviously because Americans are slightly weird, uh, mostly those things were completely true. So he'd say things like this. Do you know, there's a cathedral with a Darth Vader gargoyle on the top 
And we'd say, Stephen, that is completely impossible. That cannot, Stephen, just get out of here. That's ridiculous. And he'd say, oh, in America. And you'd go, oh, okay, well, maybe. And anyway, it turns out there is. There is a cathedral that has a gargoyle in the shape of Darth Vader's face on it. Who knew? Or he'd say, oh, Paul, do you know that there's a lake called Lake Chargogagog Manchorgagog Chorbunagung Amorg? And I'd say, Stephen, that's impossible. It's ridiculous. Nobody would name a lake like that. Get out of here, Stephen. And he'd say, oh, it's in America. And you'd go, okay, well, maybe it's true. And anyway, it is true. There is a lake called that. Or he'd say, and this is my favorite, he'd say, oh, Paul, do you know you can get a unicorn hunting license? I'd say... I'd say, that, that, no, get out of Stephen, that is completely impossible. And he'd say, in America, you go, oh, okay. Anyway, it turns out it's true. In America, you can get a unicorn hunting license. Who knew? <laughs> you may wonder where I'm going with this. The point is this. There are so many things that we hear God say to us and call us into Or there are so many things that we would love to do or that we feel like we're built to do. But we say, that is impossible. But what I want to say is that that there's a clause that you can add to the end of each of the things which actually changes the impossible to be possible. And it's this. If you add, because I'm a loved child of God, And God is a perfect father to the end of so many of those things. Actually, the the impossible becomes possible. So you may say, I couldn't possibly offer to pray for my friends in school. You know, the fear is just too much. But I want to say, you can change that to be, I can pray for my friend in school who's unwell because I'm a loved child of God. Or you may say, I couldn't possibly play a part in serving the homeless this Christmas. And I want to say, you can change that to be, because I'm a loved child of God, I can serve the homeless this Christmas. Or, I couldn't possibly forgive the relative that's in my family and restore that relationship. I think you can change that too. I can reach out to that person and offer them the hand of friendship because I'm a loved child of God and God the Father is the perfect Father. Whatever it is, big or small, the thing that you are thinking about or facing, knowing who you are and who you're loved by can release you into the impossible. Imagine what would happen if, as Patton Church, every single one of us just sucked down deep inside us the love of the Father and the knowledge of who we are as God's children and felt released to do the things that we know that we're called to do, but we previously thought were impossible. It's not hard. It's not easy. It's hard. But Romans 5, Paul says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So when we pray, come Holy Spirit, 
we're inviting God's love to pour into us. And he can help us to make the impossible possible. I'm just going to finish with um, this picture that I had when, um, when I was preparing for this. And it's the picture of a child's first day at primary school, a four-year-old's first day at primary school. And the picture is that he's so excited to run into the school and do all of the things that he wants to do. He's, he's so looking forward to being um, more grown up and diving into all that primary school has for him. And uh, so his dad takes him to school and he um, gives him a hug, pats him on the back and sends him off. And he runs towards the school gate. And just before he gets there, he stops still. And he's struck by fear. And he turns around to look at his dad. And his dad smiles at him with complete love. And the boy is released from the fear and runs through the gate into school. Sometimes fear can look like it's winning in our life. But my encouragement to you, the invitation this evening is to turn towards the Father and experience his love. And then run into all that God has for you. That's the invitation. You are a loved child of God. God is a perfect father.